again, everybody. Um, I hope you enjoyed the film. I hope you've recovered from the film. Uh, now it's time to meet the filmmakers, Chai Vassarelli and Jimmy Chin. Plus, of course, he's here as well, Alex Honnold. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations on the film. Congratulations on the achievement last uh, June. You're all about a thousand feet up El Cap, and you notice a man in a unicorn outfit. <laughs> or maybe you don't. Maybe you're so in the zone you don't even realise. But but. Tell us about that moment, because we saw it from the distance, obviously, in the movie. I, I just noticed a man in funny pajamas. You know, I was just like, oh, that's weird. Uh, no, it's, it's not unusual, actually, to pass people on the wall camping like that. And when I passed him, he was still in bed. And so I just you know, said, good morning, try not to disturb. Because you're like, oh, there's a guy in his PJs in, in bed. And then it wasn't until I saw the film that I was like, oh, he had a horn and everything. That's, that's, that's weird. But, yeah. but that said, it actually, after all of this, after three years of filming, after like living through all of this, it's still it's it's my favorite moment in the movie. Because you've got the unicorn doing the unicorn endeavor, and then suddenly there's a lavender unicorn on the route. <laughs> <laughs> and just like from our perspective, like Jimmy was hanging on the wall, but I was in the valley floor, and we were so tense, we we're so nervous. It was it was it was really hard. And then suddenly there's a unicorn. It was like the comic relief that all of us needed. <laughs> and it could only, it's only a good omen. Um, you think? <laughs> yes. That's weird. I absolutely <laughs> think it's only a good omen. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, always I'm not a good kind omen. of superstitious yeah. that way, yeah, but a lavender unicorn, that yeah, would make me surprised. I, I can see that. I can see that. Oh, and you say at the end, um, Alex, how much you love the experience, uh, how, how it was everything you wanted it mm. to be. So what, what You didn't was, use the word loved. Uh, no, actually, that's true. In, enjoyed it. Uh, what, what was it that you that you wanted the experience to be? Then, what did you want to get out of it? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, uh, I mean, it's hard to put words to the the feeling exactly. Though I think the end of the film does a pretty good job of sort of showing what that feels like to just sort of swim up up cracks and to be in this outrageous position, but actually to feel quite comfortable being there. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know what it doesn't feel like. I mean, sometimes when when you're climbing on walls or if you're free selling walls. Um, you know, if the, I mean, I guess the feeling that you're kind of seeking is a feeling of, of flow, not just in the sort of hokey version of it, but actually to feel like you're, you're flowing over stone. Um, I don't know. And so if you had to, to stop and wait for the, the crew at all, or if you had to stop and, and, and really if you had to stop and wait for anything, basically if anything stopped your, your flow, then, you know, it's not quite the experience that, that you would have wanted. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's that. I mean, I guess... You know, it felt exactly, it, it basically felt as if there was nobody there. But then there were some, some folks there that I was able to celebrate with on the top. And, and you can see that, uh, that I talked to a couple of the camera guys as I go by. So, you know, I felt like I was alone for all the climbing and then I'd have somebody to give a hug to or, say, you know, give a high five and then I'd be by myself again. So it was kind of the best of both worlds, really. And you've broken an, another record on El Cap since then, haven't you? Yeah, actually, uh, with uh, Tommy Caldwell this this summer, so just a few months ago, uh, we did the speed record on a route just to the right, and uh, we were trying to break two hours, and uh, we did 158, which is pretty good. You didn't want to film that one? No, actually, some other folks filmed that. Okay. But, um, well, but who it, worked it, for us? Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, various, that's true, Sam. <laughs> um, yeah, but for a much smaller scope film, I mean, that's just a fun little, fun little outing. That's just this, right? <laughs>
This was a little more serious. <laughs> and, and working as co-directors on the film, I mean, you mentioned a bit about you being on the ground. You, we obviously saw you on, on, on hanging from the, the side of the mountain. Mm -hmm. um, perhaps you could tell us a bit more about the division of labor you have as, as co-directors and, and actually the whole logistics of filming a climb like this, because that's no easy task. Yes, so I manage much of the logistics on the wall and have spent you know, a good part of the last 20 years filming in high angle terrain in the mountains. And uh, so we had an incredible crew and that was a big part of it, was just that everybody on the high angle team was uh, an elite professional climber. Some of them hold speed records on El Cap themselves and they had to be really incredible cinematographers as well. So, you know, you're pulling from a very small pool of people and- There are about four. <laughs> yeah, we had all of them, and, and we're all kind of friends, you know, because we all work in the same space, and uh, also friends of Alex's. That helps the logistics tremendously, uh, because you don't ever have to question their decision-making up on the wall. I mean, they are really fast, really efficient, uh, really safe, and so, you know, a good part of my bandwidth was spent thinking about that, thinking about making sure the film you know, represented the spirit of climbing in an authentic way as well. And then you know, Chai brought her you know, serious documentary nonfiction work with her and, and verite filmmaking. And, uh, and so you know, we, we intersect in quite a few areas, but then on either sides, we're managing different things. And that idea of being a... Um a filmmaker and a climber. Like you said, there aren't that many of them, but I'm interested in where, were you a climber first who then thought, I want to make films, or was it the other way around? Yeah, I was a climber first. Right. I mean, I think all the, the cinematographers who can shoot climbing were all climbers first and then learned how to shoot. Just because, um, actually not to, not to diminish cinematography, but it's, uh, it's kind of harder <laughs> to learn how to climb. You know, it's basically, it's hard to be a really good climber. But, well, we've, got a, or, we've got a room full of BAFTA yeah, members yeah. who would strongly disagree. Um, but to encapsulate the filmmaking partnership, it's kind of like mom and dad. Right. It's kind of like mom and dad. And are you a climber? Sorry, guys. I will no. climb with skis on my back. Right. I, I, there's no reason to make my hands bleed or anything. And we've got two small children, so if I have 35 minutes free, I'd rather go to yoga. Right, okay. <laughs> um, you've been to uh, the Telluride Film Festival with this film and Toronto, where you won the People's Choice Award. And there's other nominations, I know, in the mix at the moment. I mean, you say in the film, Alex, that a few years ago you were what, living in a Walmart car park mm. with 88 cents for dinner every mm -hmm. night. So. That's quite a change, isn't it, of lifestyle, going from where you were to now being on a stage, doing red carpets, doing interviews. Um, he still dresses the same, just saying. <laughs> like, like, this is what he was wearing in the Walmart parking lot. Okay. No, no, this is definitely not. These jeans were ordered by Sonny. That's it. Yeah. And, and this, I mean, yeah, actually, none of this was, I was much more homeless looking then. <laughs> no, but honestly, it's all been a sort of a gradual change because right. that was maybe 12 years ago or 13 that I bought my first van. It was fully just really starting. And then, uh, I mean, I've been a professional climber for 10 years as well, so there's been sort of a steady, steady change. I mean, if I had just had gone from 13 years ago straight into this whole experience with unveiling the film, it would have been way too much for me. <laughs> I, mean, uh, I mean, I didn't have the social skills for it. I mean, I couldn't sit on a stage and, and chat, you know, 13 years ago. 
it would have been a disaster. <laughs> but here he is. <laughs> yeah, barely holding on. You're, you're good, you're good. And in terms of watching the film, uh, were you seeing bits as it was going along, or was it a, a case of sitting down and watching the finished product? Yeah, no, I, I saw nothing along the way. Right. I saw none of the still images, I saw none of the video. So, so tell on. me about that first time you, you actually watched it then. No, it was, yeah, it was good. You know, I watched the film, I was like, oh, it's, <laughs> I was like, oh, that's a good film. Um, no, I, I don't know, I mean, I think that my experience watching the film is very different than, than anybody else because I'm, I'm sort of remembering all the moments that we were filming and I'm remembering the experiences and, um, you know, so I'm not really seeing the film, I'm seeing like a scrapbook of all these memories and, you know, the two years that we spent together working on it and, um, you know, and a lot of the shots I'm seeing it from the eyes of the crew member, I'm like, oh, that was my friend Sam, it was so good to see him up there. You know, it's like a very different thing. Um, I mean, I'm sure when you make a film, it's kind of the same way, you're not, you're not I would assume that, that you're seeing it from a totally different point of view. But um, yeah, so I saw it, I was like, oh, it seems like a really good film. But, um, but honestly, I wouldn't even have really known until it was shown in front of audiences and everything. Like when we, when we did the premiere at Telluride and I was surrounded by the crew and, and uh, you know, my girlfriend and, and uh, respective spouses and things of, of the members, you know, people are all crying and the audience is, is you know, wild applause. And then I was like, oh, wow, it's like a, it's a really good film. <laughs> it's like a, you know, but it's, it's really hard to know personally. But. But I would say from the other side, because we're a room of BAFTA members, is that, you know, as a documentary, as documentary filmmakers, I think it's actually quite important not to share your footage with your participants. Uh, while yeah, you're I totally agree. Yeah. Because it just, there's no end, really. I don't really understand the point because it only makes people self conscious. You should definitely show your film to your participant before the film is released and while you still have editorial leeway because it's important that they, that Alex feels it's an honest, you know, an honest representation because he may see something different than we do. And that's, a, that's like an important kind of liminal mm -hmm. moment. But um, in terms of while you're filming, I mean, I think the only thing we ever showed you was the next day. Yeah, the day, <laughs> the day after I did the actual climb, uh, just by chance, basically there's only one good restaurant in Yosemite and the Sunday brunch is the only good meal. And by chance I'd climbed it on Saturday. So the next day we all celebrated for Sunday brunch at this, the whole crew, everybody, it was like a big celebration because uh, we have another star of the film. Yeah, exactly. clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Now you just be really still. Uh, but so, um, so for Sunday brunch, uh, Jimmy showed uncut footage of, of the Boulder Prom. I mean, basically what you see with the karate kick. It was just like the top-down shot from the remote camera. And uh, yeah, it was basically the only thing I saw from the whole process. And I was like, that is awesome. I was so excited. <laughs> Which and, uh, is all he needed for a year and a half of editing. Yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, as no, long seriously. as it, that gets used. I just, I just don't, like, I think you can't show participants the footage while you're shooting because it only makes them self-conscious. You should definitely show it to them before it's released. And how much footage did you have then? That's a good question. We had uh, a little over 700 hours. Wow. Mm -hmm. Which I don't know, how many people here have seen Meru? I don't know, our previous film. Mm -hmm. So for Meru, there are about 35 hours. Really? So just think about like the, the difference, like what that actually means. Like it just... So it, would that it, make this one 20 times better? Yes. <laughs> Clearly. Be. At least in the box office. Yeah. <laughs> so, the subject matter. Okay. So you've got 698 hours footage somewhere. I mean, are you, what, is it going to go on Blu-ray or are you going to do things with it? What's going to happen? I don't know. It's up in National Geographic. Right. Yeah. They're in the audience. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, we should take some questions from the audience. We have roving microphones, so that will make um, hearing a little easier. Hi, hello, good evening. Hi, guys. Hi, Hi Alex. My question is, what do you think about failure, and how do you overcome failure? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, it's interesting. So within climbing in general, I mean, failure is a, is a 
critical part of climbing normally. I mean, when you go to the climbing gym to train or when you're climbing outside with a rope, you pretty much fail all the time and then you have, you know, you, you'll work on a project and you'll, you'll fall off it over and over and over, sometimes for months, and eventually you do it one time. And you're like, success, and then you move on to the next project, which you then beat your head against for months and months again. And it's interesting because with free soloing, free soloing is the only discipline within climbing where, where you can't fail. And, uh, and if I had to choose one discipline of climbing that I could only do one for the rest of my life, it wouldn't be free soloing because you can never push yourself to the actual limit. You know, you can't actually push to failure. You always have to be conservative. You always have to stay within your comfort zone. Um, so, I mean, yeah, failure is a critical part of climbing, and that's how you learn, how you grow, uh, you know, how you improve. But it's just interesting because this film is all about free soloing, and this is the one, the one space within climbing where you can't fail. But, yeah, I don't know. That's my two cents, but... <laughs> yeah. Thank you. How do you get down? Uh, well, so on the failed attempt, the first, uh, the first failed attempt on free soloing, um, I basically climbed up another couple hundred feet, and then um, they're fixed ropes that access a certain part of the wall, basically a 1,000 feet of rope that always stay in place. And that's what, um, like the, the unicorn, the guys camping, and you know, basically people that camp on the wall, they often access the various parts of the roots they're going to via these fixed ropes. And so... Uh, yeah, I climbed up another 500 feet of, of easy terrain and then, and then descended those ropes. It, it's kind of complicated, though. Basically, I cheated my way up the next couple hundred feet. Like, when you see me on that slab, uh, on the free blast slabs, and I decide uh, that I don't want to continue, you know, in that moment, when, like, on the move where I decided I don't want to climb this anymore, there's no easy way to bail from there. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't have a rope and I don't have any gear, so I can't just, like, start abseiling. So what I did was I started grabbing the bolts, uh, the, the expansion bolts that are drilled into the rock that are normally what you would clip your rope into. Um, the thing is, if you grab those with your hands, I mean, so you're still climbing without a rope, and you're still climbing, and it's still, it's still soloing, but it's no longer free climbing because you're not cheating. You're using the equipment to help you. So I basically cheated my way through those slabs. But you're still free soloing between well, no, no, the no, bolts. You're aid soloing. Yeah. That's the thing. You're but no you're soloing between. Yeah, you aid soloing. Yeah. I know it's a subtle distinction within yeah. climbing because you're still using your hands and feet, but you're cheating with the metal. But so basically, because I cheated through that part, there was no real point in continuing to the top because it wasn't a free solo. It was now sort of a weird hybrid aid solo. Easy peasy. <laughs> well, I, yeah, that's. I mean, and it's, I mean, that's. I assume that's why the film doesn't go into the exact logistics of how you, how I got up and then down, because it's just confusing, and you're like, oh, why did you climb another 500 feet to then go down these ropes? It was also really. But dark. it's just, yeah, yeah, and it was nighttime. It was confusing, but um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting because after that moment, I think Jimmy, you say to Alex, you know, you could put your foot down any time and just tell me you don't want to do this, um, which is of course what a, a good friend should say. But were you prepared for that happening and actually not having a finished film? You know, I um, thought about that a lot. And, you know, I wouldn't have said it if I wasn't prepared for him to, to push that way. But I also know, Alex, you know, I've, I've spent, we've spent 10 years kind of climbing together and traveling all over the world, actually. And so, you know, I, I, I probably wouldn't have embarked on this film to begin with if I felt like that's really how Alex would feel about it. But I always wanted to give him that option and at least voice it. And there's a lot, I think, that's understood between Alex and I that we don't even necessarily need to talk about because we spent a lot of time together. But I remember thinking that I should actually say it. And you know, we also did at one point have a conversation when Alex asked me, is there still a film if I don't climb this climb? And I said, absolutely. 
100%. When we started out on this film, we weren't making a film about El Cap. You know, we were making a film about him free soloing El Cap. We were there to make a film about Alex, uh, a character portrait of the things that he'd already done before El Cap were already noteworthy enough in my mind to make a documentary. So I wanted to make sure that he actually heard me say it. So you guys consistently said that, that it didn't really matter, and, and I consistently was like, well, who wants to see a movie that doesn't have El Cap, you know? Yeah, so um, I mean, you put more you. pressure on but that's it. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. You. No, but I personally was like, I don't want to be part of a film that's not about something cool like El Cap. I mean, clearly the same guy who free soloed El Cap, like, the bar isn't high in any way. Yeah. Just a question for Elizabeth. Um, it felt like you were, I could feel your presence in the film, but we never really saw you. Was that a conscious decision? Yes. It was a very conscious decision because when you are married to your directing partner, you can torture him. <laughs> okay. And he's a professional climber, so he can appear on, on screen. I just, like, I'm not a climber. I thought it would be, like, it would really pull you out of the action if you saw me. But you can hear a few times. Um, you could hear me a few times. And there's some behind the scenes stuff that you can watch as you see me. But it just, you know, this was so much about this group of friends who Alex had known for 10 years. Like our entire elite pro climbing cinematography team like had done many, many things with Alex. And so I wasn't part of that. Alex and I met when we began making the film. And we have our own relationship and we went on our first date together. and. It was it was productive as you can see, but um, <laughs> but just it seemed just inorganic and you know we were always quite hesitant about putting the process in the film, but because of the ethical questions around filming this, it was it was like we had to do it, but you could just see Jimmy. Is is the climbing world quite male dominated? Um, no. I, I think that our film may suggest that, but right. it's we filmed many women. Yeah. Um, it's just hard, like I'm sure all of you as filmmakers, you know that like story is everything, right? So if something doesn't feel essential, it always gets cut. So Alex had this amazing climb with Emily Harrington, who's one of the top female climbers in the space, and it was, it, I cannot express how painful it was for me when you we tried. cut her. You tried. But I will say that you know, half of our department heads were women. You know, our executive producer, our, our producers were all women. Um, our head of post, our head of, I mean, our, there were a lot of women on the crew because, I think probably because Jimmy and I are most interested in that. And I do think that there was a special, it was, it was very important to both of us that Sani and the female perspective be heard. And I think that's probably what differentiates this film besides the actual feat <laughs> from other um, outdoor films that have been made. Young man, what do you want to say? <laughs> Um, were you scared when you climbed the mountain? Um, no, what? Yeah. Well, <laughs> so I was scared before I climbed the mountain, which is why it took me so long to get to it. Basically, I spent years dreaming about it, but, but not doing it because it seemed too scary. And then I spent two years preparing and training, and that's basically, I mean, that is the film, is all the preparation. And the whole point was to get to the point where it wasn't really scary anymore. So then when I did the actual climb, it, it was not scary. Uh, and which is why it was such a great experience, and that's why I was so happy on top, and why it was so fun. But um, you know, it had taken me a long time to get to that point when it when it wouldn't be scary for me. But I mean, Alex's courage is something we all respect. But just I want you to know, we were terrified. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got any ambitions to climb Everest, or is it something totally different? Well, I mean, Jimmy's climbed Everest, so 
Mm, Jimmy yeah. skied from the top of Everest. Yes, okay, let's just put it that way. He was the uh, only team to ever ski from the top of Everest, which is kind of. All that to say, it can't be that hard. It's like. Yeah, no, the saying, well, Conrad, who's an, a serious alpinist, um, jokes sometimes that if you can ski it, it's not a climb. <laughs> so, that, that is actually kind of true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just ask him um, to tell you about putting on his boots. Like, he, the boots were frozen. Yeah. Uh, no, but, but seriously, I mean, maybe someday, you know, I, I could really? see, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if, if somebody else put together the trip and it felt like exotic tourism or something, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, basically, if it was like a free trip, I'm like, yeah, I would go. I'm sure it's an experience. It's just but it's, so but it's not the type of climbing that I'm, I'm driven by. I mean, as you can yeah. see in the film, I'm, I'm inspired by vertical, technical rock climbing, and uh, hiking up snow is, is, is neater. So, yeah. <laughs> Final question. Final question. Yes, just shout it. <laughs> to this, because today I just was there with you, this gentleman, and this lady, we were suffering. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, th I think we all take a... We all take a certain joy coming in at the end of the film and looking up at everyone's faces covered and like, I mean, a lot of people watching like this and like yeah. this. And, we try to yeah. catch, we, we like to come in right before the boulder problem <laughs> and watch. On that, on that note, I will say that like, I feel like, like these sort of like documentaries, they live and die on word of mouth. So if you enjoyed it tonight, please spread the word and also just tell people that it's just so much more than a climbing film, which I think is very hard for anyone who hasn't seen it to ever understand. Um, but it's just, it's, it's But that's why it's done so well already, isn't it? I mean, it's done incredibly well in the States yeah. uh, because yeah. it isn't just a climbing movie. Yeah. There is something extra to it. But we had it. to earn that. It was like bit by bit, like being like, yeah. it's not just a climbing movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people have to see it to really... Yeah, they have to know, see it to believe it. So if yeah. you enjoyed it tonight, just please just spread the word. And it's out in the everything. UK this week, so... Yes, it opens see tomorrow night. Yeah. Thank you for your extra Absolutely. question. Thank you. And, and the other questions here, let's just chat after. Yeah. No, let's, uh, <laughs> no, but it's kid. We've got to take it. Oh, oh okay. This is, this is going to go on a long time, folks. No, that's it. <laughs> One more. Oh, here, let's chat after. Let's chat after. <laughs> yeah. Two minutes over, let's, we'll, we'll chat. Okay, well, cool. thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you very much. much.